Across the UK, this is Broadcast Revolution's Radio Road Trip. Welcome to this week's episode of Broadcast Revolution's Radio Road Trip. I'm Sarah, and this week I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Lawrence Stanley, producer of Eddie Nestor's Drive Time programme on BBC Radio London. So, lovely. Thank you so much for joining me, um, Lauren. Um, First of all, do you just want to give a little bit of an insight into your role in the radio station that you work for? Yeah, sure. So um, at the moment, I am the drive time producer for BBC Radio London. Um, We work as a team of there's usually myself, an assistant producer and a reporter and obviously the presenter. So we're quite a small team for quite a, a big job at the moment. And um, recently, obviously, with the pandemic, everything's been sort of focused on news rather than more um, relaxed kind of talking points. Although we do have the, the structure of our programmes, it's three hours long and the last hour is supposed to be a kind of phone in to get reaction from the stories that we've been discussing. Some of the times you find that the programme is more of an information show. So you are sort of doing the news and putting the information out there as opposed to getting um, lots of reaction because it might have been the first time that the listeners had heard this piece of information. For example, when the daily briefings were on, they started at five o'clock and our show started at five o'clock. So we broadcasted the daily briefing and then it, sometimes it takes a while to for people to actually digest what has come out of that briefing. So in terms of getting interaction from our listeners sometimes that was actually more beneficial for the breakfast program the next day once people had had time to sort of understand what this meant to them maybe they'd received some emails from their workplace or their children's schools or whatever um so yeah that's kind of the the um, structure of our program at the moment however it is sort of a, a fluid structure depending on whether we are focusing on like hard rolling news or we can have a bit more flexibility in terms of doing a few more featurey type things. And as you say, is that very much kind of dictated as and when the press briefings are? So did you find when the press briefings sort of started to come away from being every day at five o'clock that actually it was changing? You were able to do more of those kind of feature stories or longer lead pieces that you had not necessarily done for a while? I think um, we have to remember, and and I think with the daily briefings, we kind of slightly came away from the locality of of our stories because it was big national announcements. And I guess our only question really was every single day, what does this mean for London? And when you're the producer and you just hear that question every single day, it's a bit like, oh, are we doing this again? But it is that's what has to come at the heart of our stories and getting reaction from if, whether it's London businesses, London NHS workers, people who are making a difference in London. They all have to be at the heart of it. And I think when we stopped doing the daily briefing, there was kind of a um, transition back to what our show used to be, which was kind of local stories, maybe about. Um, one that's been doing well for us recently is this low traffic neighbourhood scheme which is affecting so many different people in different parts of London Um, and then you've got things like today we're going to be focusing on um, Elephant and Castle Shopping Centre closing down and the market traders having nowhere to go so these are really local stories and we started to go back to the the communities um, to find out what's going on in their area that perhaps isn't 
directly corona related but probably has some impact uh, some relation to the virus um and then days like at the beginning of this week very corona again um lots of new cases and yeah londoners were sort of getting a bit worried again school children were still at school but we had reports of people saying that in my child's school there's 10 people off because they think they've got coronavirus they probably don't they've probably just got a cold but there's no testing available so how do we go about this so it really changes and I think a lot of it is to do with the politics of it so for example in the summer when there was no um, parliament it kind of went back to a bit more of the local non-coronavirus related stories but now that politics is back in full swing it's very much news 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 (laughs) Absolutely. And obviously, I imagine a lot of your programming is, as you say, focused on the issues in London. I suppose it's a bit of a two part question, really, is how much of it is London? Is it all London or will you spend a portion of the programme looking at kind of wider stories as well? And so the second part of my question is, what do you see as the kind of the main long term issues that you're kind of keen and interested in hearing about in London particular or you're focusing on within the programme? Well, I'd say we say, for example, we have four stories throughout the show. I would like for um, two of them to be London and you will get big national stories, which tend to be the leads. So if, um, I don't know, say, for example, if um, Rishi Sunak announces there's an extension to the furlough scheme, but what we do try to do is have a London person reacting to that as the guest. So it might be a, a London business or somebody who's in London who's been on furlough, just to keep it local, because I think there are, a lot of local radio stations and then there are the network ones like your five lives and your radio fours and if we have people from different places and everyone's doing the same thing then it may as well just be one big national station and I think the pandemic has shown more than anything that people do really care about local news and they do come to us to find out what's happening in in their area and actually to tell us what's happening in their area too and um Yeah, I just think it's really important that we reflect what's going on around us, especially at a time where people need unity and they need to know that perhaps they're not the only ones in their locality who are going through something or have experienced something. And I think our show as well also really prides itself on um, people's lived experiences and people's stories as opposed to just having like expert, 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 expert. So we do often look for case studies on a lot of things. It's, It's nice to have... Um, a case study and then an expert who can sort of talk about why that person is feeling that way or or depending on the expert I mean and and the story Um, so yeah it's different and sorry what was your second question so I realized that probably should have been easier to ask (laughs) us two separate ones Um, what the issues you see are, are the real big issues for Londoners um well I think with the end to the furlough scheme we're going to see a lot of people coming to us with problems, people who are being made redundant or just a lot of people in the gig economy who are just outright told you don't have a job anymore um, with no real notice period and people in zero hours contracts, that kind of thing. So I think the end to the furlough scheme, which is October, um, that's going to lead us to a bit of a problem, but there is meant to be an announcement today. So I don't know what that will be. 
Um, the other thing is testing in London. There's been so many people phone us saying they cannot get a test. They try to book a test online and it says that their nearest test centre is in Inverness or in the Isle of Wight or in Plymouth or something and it's just not happening for people. Um, the other stories that do really well are the local ones about roads. So these low traffic neighbourhood schemes have really caused a stir. We've had so many people phone in about them, um, even like council leaders and stuff outraged by the fact that these sort of things have been implemented during a pandemic and the residents haven't been consulted. Um, I think as well, we have to, we like to, Eddie, the presenter sort of says that we are the show with a social conscience. And I think we always do refer back to things about mental health because I think with people losing jobs, people losing family members and friends due to the pandemic or perhaps other for other reasons, they may have had um, cancer or something and haven't been able to access the treatment that they usually would have because of the pandemic. It's all very pandemic related, but I think we do always need to maybe at least once a week do something on mental health. And it's hard to, it's kind of hard when you're looking for guests to talk about mental health because you don't want every time you get someone on them to say the same thing about, you know, breathe breathe go for walks like it's all very helpful advice but once you've heard it once you're kind of like okay fine so I mm. think it needs to all be very relevant to what's going on that week or that day and um, practical sort of hands-on advice of, of what people should do dependent on their situation um, we've also found it quite helpful during the pandemic to have experts who can answer questions so if it's like an employment lawyer or something who does a phone-in and they are there answering people's concerns um, lots of our listeners wouldn't be able to have access to lawyers and things because of money reasons so it's quite a nice thing to do to give to sort of bridge that gap and give people the opportunity to talk mm-hmm. and um, the same I guess with GPs and doctors we 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 were using them a lot in the beginning to answer people's questions um and we've kind of slowed down a bit but i think it will when the as these cases are rising again and the flu season comes in and people are getting your everyday colds i think there will be a lot more questions to be answered so it's worth us looking out for that kind of thing as well but i think it's hard to on I'll show the thing that we kind of struggle with a lot is doing forward planning a bit. We have to sort of be reactive on the day because things just change so quickly. Even when we have our meeting at about 12 o'clock, by the time it gets to about three, the whole agenda could have changed completely depending on what one person says in, in the house of commons or Mm. um, a local person might come out with something and, you know, it changes the whole thing. So we have to be very fluid in, in setting up, things and I think it's the same with the breakfast show because their person um their setup person is, does a day shift the previous day and sets up for the following morning and by the time the producers get in in the morning it could have all changed completely so we do have to be very fluid and I think it's nice when we book our guests we do kind of say there may have to be a bit of flexibility in this just because things might change and, and normally people are quite understanding and if not we, we deal with it and we sort of 
work out ways around it. But um, yeah, it's always good to know that the guests that we book um, have a bit of an understanding of how a new situation works in that mm. things may go completely sideways and we may have to phone them and say, actually, can we speak to you tomorrow or the next day or something like that? So I think that's always worth knowing from the kind of PR mm. side of things. And is it useful for you? So obviously because you're doing quite a lot of it on the fly, so to speak, is it useful for you to have almost a list of ex sort of local London experts, are you, like a GP, a lawyer, different businesses that can talk about different impacts? We have our own contact system, which is, is great. And, but sometimes it's nice to have fresh people because you can sort of get a bit, um, if you have the same person all the time, it kind of, they say the same thing and it's a bit like, mm. oh, we heard this last week. Um, but what, is, what really is helpful, and I've had this from some PRs, is that they're reactive to the news. So if there is a big announcement, they would send out a press release and say, um, well, because of this news about, I don't know, track and trace being launched, we've got these three doctors available. They're all from mm. London. This is what they say. Um, and a couple of bullet points and that's that kind of thing is really helpful and one of the things um i know the bbc as a whole is very conscious about doing is having as many female contributors as possible and as many contributors from um, different ethnic minority backgrounds so that we can really reach out to communities who might feel like they're being um they're not being heard as much and and especially us in london with such a huge mix of um, different ethnic backgrounds and, and different religions, different races, etc. We do we we should really be using as broader contacts book as possible. So that's just another thing that we do look out for. Mm. Absolutely, and I suppose sort of more sort of general questions really in terms of where you get your kind of news from and you decide what stories you're going to run on the program. You've mentioned obviously a lot in terms of um listeners phoning in so I suppose my question is is how much of that is sort of tip-offs essentially from people phoning into the station about local stories how much of it is sort of the, the press briefings or incoming sort of press releases from from PRs or, or checking local newspapers etc where do you kind of do your kind of scouting out when you're looking what stories and how you're going to cover it on the day yeah so um the I would say the local sort of tip-offs from listeners normally take a bit more groundwork. So we wouldn't necessarily get a text from someone in the morning and then run that story the same day, just because you need to sort of verify a few things and speak to a few different people. So that, that would usually be something that we can sort of work on. Um, and in terms of uh, uh, recently, it's it has been very much getting stories from that are already out there as in like BBC um, through the wires and, and that kind of thing, just because it's all very, it's all happening very quickly. Um, but in terms of other, perhaps more featurey type things, they can come from press releases um, and some things you do. Yeah. We see, we have a, um, a digital team at BBC London who I can't remember what the app is called but they use this thing that is it, it's like um do you know like tweet deck but it shows all of the different Facebook groups for the local areas across London and you can see what people are talking about so it might be 
um, something like, I don't know, um, there's loads of these since the lockdown, nobody's driving their cars. So there's there's all of these new birds or like new nature around. And, and then you might see it in a different Facebook group for another area. So you kind of know that it's a story then and you can keep an eye on it. So that's quite a good source. Um, Twitter, I, I see quite a lot of stuff. I tend to check on what's trending because that gives us quite a good indicator of what people are talking about, which it will normally do well in terms of getting interaction for, for the programme um but obviously we have to be a bit careful there because a lot of the stuff is like very international and, and not necessarily london um mm. but yeah i think it's kind of about having your ear to the ground and the reporters are quite good at having their contacts who will send them messages and say well this is happening in my area and i think it's nice just to have normal people in my team because i've got my yeah. mums um, who know what's going on in the school ed- education system in terms of like co- COVID or, um, you know, people who just know what their friends are talking about and and know um, where, I don't know, certain things are, are happening and, and where not. And you can work that into a story. Because I think really when you take it back to the foundations, a story is just something that's going on in, in multiple people's life that's worth reporting on. It doesn't necessarily have to be the big politics news of the day although at the moment it kind of is because that's what information the public need whilst living in a global pandemic but yeah there's all various sources I mean newspapers little news in brief things are often missed but they can sometimes generate quite good stories that sometimes they might need a bit of looking into and verifying but um Mm. yeah I tend to no, that's... I tend to look I'm a bit more of an age group where I would rather look online for stuff than go through a newspaper but that may be wrong <laughs> about me so. yeah <laughs> well it's honest though and it's yeah but it's just it's, it's so much quicker it's so much quicker so much easier um and I suppose finally my question is just broader really in terms of BBC Radio London as a, as a radio station in terms of the um, how the station itself has kind of changed and what you see some some of the changes that are they're gonna that are here to stay just sort of thinking of your um, make a difference campaign sort of which is BBC sort of wide really um, do you see that kind of staying or what are some of the other big changes that you see that you'll have to that the, 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 the pandemic has almost brought on that will be that will be here to stay as well yeah so with make a difference we were um, initially doing a kind of bulletin that just highlighted all of the different people in different areas who were doing nice things then it changed to a more focused bulletin which um, just highlighted one story in detail where the Make a Difference reporter did an interview or went down to the location or whatever. Um, and now we've been told to we're, we're going to continue it, but without the bulletins and the presenter does the interview. And the, the word that they've used is that Make a Difference should be baked into our programming. So we, um, I think the objective is that across the station, we do 10 Make a Difference stories a week. Um, breakfast have kind of bagsied quite a lot of those and we've decided to do one on the Friday because as a drive time show we do quite a lot of sort of feel good stories anyway which could be branded as um, make a difference type stories but we're doing our actual make a difference one on a Friday and um, there's been a, a few a few different 
story ideas, but I think it's always quite nice to follow up on things that we may have mentioned before or, or on an idea that we've mentioned in, in a programme before and then have a guest and whether that's a reported piece or the presenter just doing a, a straight interview. Um, but I think it's a good way of kind of keeping that connection with the communities who did initially come to us for help and advice, but to actually follow their stories and see how they're getting on. And it, it gives us that um, sort of ear to the ground of what is going on and it gives I think a lot of our listeners perhaps hadn't used a service um, like a local radio station before and we proved and this is talks for across the whole local radio network but we actually had a part to play in helping people and not just sort of being there as a separate entity broadcasting the news we were there actually hands-on to to connect people up so that was a a nice feeling and I'm glad that we are keeping that because it does give us that sort of community feel um other changes are um I think it's all about learning and I wouldn't say that this learning um thing is is completely over yet but it's kind of learning the balance between on our drive time show how we do hard news side by side with more featurey things that are talking points that do generate callers and interaction for us um and yeah just trying to strike that balance continually and 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 get it right so that people aren't bored by just listening to constant information and they do feel like they can have a say and it's not to say that that wasn't the case before but it's kind of relearning because the, the landscape has just completely changed and it is changing all the time in in terms of the um news and and the other things that we broadcast and i think another thing actually is is being more connected with the other programs we do now have a really detailed handover with our breakfast show so we repurpose a lot of their content if we're running the same story we use a lot of clips from stuff that was on on the breakfast show and I think the aim is I think having looked at the figures management always do feedback that people don't necessarily listen for really long periods of time no one really listens to a whole show because what people do whilst they're listening to radio is they're either driving or they might be cooking dinner or breakfast or doing other things so they'll turn on then turn off and it's in chunks so it doesn't matter if we replay stuff a lot and and repeat things because people want the information but they're not listening for the whole entire time so I think we've learned to work more cohesively across with the other programs to say well that was a good interview that you did let's not be precious about necessarily doing our own one with a different person but let's just use that one and play it out again on the program and then we can have some reaction off the back of that and I think that's been working quite well for us recently. And it's kind of less stress on the producers to have to set up loads and loads and loads of guests who are saying the same thing as what they, the different guests said on the breakfast programme. So that's quite a nice thing. And it sounds like we're really connected too. Thank you so much for that, Lauren. Thanks for joining that's me. fine. No worries. You've been listening to Broadcast Revolution's Radio Road Trip. Follow us on Twitter at Broadcast Revo and Instagram at Broadcast Revolution. Hashtag join the Broadcast Revolution.